They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. I am here with my good friends. Uh, Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, C. Kane Joe Rodermill. You notice, man. <laughs> and the man of many nicknames, the voice that runs the place, the European champion, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I didn't miss any, did I? No, you did not. Hailing from Bangor, Maine, once again, until someone from the great state of, the not so great state of Maine, downloads an episode of this podcast. It's getting lonely over there. We've been downloaded in Russia, we've been downloaded in Brazil, we've been downloaded in Germany, France, the United Kingdom, we've been downloaded in Denmark, Denmark. we've been downloaded really? in China, really? in Japan, but not Maine. I don't know why Maine. Why Maine are they holding Maine. out? No, no, they got something against it. I don't know. I maybe, guess. Maybe it's a kind of a reverse, reverse uh, standoff there. I don't know. It, it's starting to bother me, though. I thought when we started hyping up Maine on the show every week, <laughs> maybe it would catch on. It has not yet. Uh, but... Coming out of WWE Payback, the alleged Raw exclusive pay-per-view that kind featured, of yeah, featured a couple of uh, SmackDown roster performers. Uh, Alo, would you like to remind listeners of our rating system? Yeah, if it's a horrible show, it's a job. If it falls somewhere in the middle, it's a slobber knocker. If it's a fantastic show, it's a showstopper. And if it's really bad, it's a Bangor Main. <laughs> or Trump. Or Trump, yeah. That, that's just like the awful pay-per-views. Uh, Drop the Trump. Yeah. Alo, you want to give your rating first? Um, original. I actually rewatched a lot of this before I came. Really? I did because good for you. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know I was with a good company. So yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it. I'll give it a slobber knocker because I was I was kind of debating between a high slobber knocker and a slobber knocker, but everything with everything on the card was actually pretty good. I didn't have really many complaints except for the. The, the, um, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. We, we all, I'm sure we have all the same thing. Everybody knows what you're about to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to that, that mess. <laughs> but yeah, I thought the matches were all they all delivered. From every perspective, the story storytelling throughout the show was actually great. There was actually things that actually shocked me, two things in particular. And the chemistry between the, all the superstars was great. And um, like you said, we'll, talk, well, we all will get into that travesty later in the show. But I'll give it a slobber knocker. But it was really, it was really good storytelling throughout the night. Uh, Joseph? Uh, I'd probably go low slobber knocker, but I, I give it up there. It, was, it wasn't a bad pay-per-view. A um, couple things in there that, you know, kind of mentioned too will keep it from being a high-end pay-per-view. So it was okay. It was okay, yeah. where you're falling. Yeah. Yeah, I fall right into the slobber knocker category as well. It wasn't one of the best shows of the year. Not going to be one of the worst shows either. Uh... Like Alo said, there was some some good storytelling. There were good matches. I think also we all probably went into this with low expectations, which always helps. Yes. You know, if, if I kind of say this about Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> it was one of those superhero movies that like people haven't been reading the comic books forever. Anyone who's saying they're an avid fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy comic book are probably lying and pretending they were. So it's not like anybody had a uh, Superman movie where there's so much expectation or a Batman movie or an X-Men movie. It's just like, oh, cool, here's a superhero movie. I'll go watch it. And everybody universally loved it. 
because nobody expected anything, so it exceeded their non-expectations. The first review I read of the movie today was that it felt twice as long and half as exciting as the first one. Really? So, yes. Now, I don't, granted, it was one review. I don't really trust reviews, but... You can't. You got to go well, in there Mar- with your, well, your own... Marvel doesn't... Yeah. Marvel, they already get the Rotten Tomato scores all the time. It's already 85. Quick. Yeah. But but that's the thing, though, is now there's an expectation of it being good, yeah. and it's a lot easier to not like it because it's not as good as the first one. So this, I think, benefited from us not having high expectations. Yeah. I mean, you'd really have to blow me away going into a pay-per-view where the title, your main title, is not even going to be on the card. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and weird. then you have your raw exclusive that's not really exclusive. Mm-hmm. It's kind of confusing. And they're st- and they're still saying that like they could have just let it go for one night. Like let's not pretend it's exclusive. Uh, real quick though, before we get into breaking anything down, just want to mention the Falls Count Anywhere podcast. Uh, the newest member of the Matt Madness podcast uh, family tree, if you will, uh, hosted by Derek and Russ uh, with Zach Harmon as well. Talk about everything that we won't be talking about tonight in the world of wrestling. They may mention payback. They may mention the House of Horrors match. Well, they specifically said we'll leave it at the air. <laughs> okay. Is so that, they will not be. Is that the I refuse to wear my Matt Madness shirt, Russ? No, he wore a Matt Madness okay. shirt. Okay. Who was his friend that didn't? Gary. Uh, Gary. Gary. Gary with the big arms? Yeah. Very big arms. Yeah. He's, he's known for that. <laughs> And the voice. Yeah, the voice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only one who's spoken louder than me on the podcast so far. I think so. I yeah. think he's the only one that, that out out uh, volumed me. It's, on the it's even louder in person. Out vocal. Yeah, well, he's high energy. <laughs> that was the first time you met him, right? Yes. Aaron? Oh yeah, I know. I don't remember Russ is now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gary, awesome guy. A lot of fun to hang out with. Yeah, I forgot exactly what Russ said, but they said I'll leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gary. The only thing I popped for as much as your picture with Jeff Hardy was Gary's picture doing the salute with Sergeant Slaughter because most of his unsanctioned episode was about. Him being like the ultimate 80s babyface guy. So seeing him with Sarge doing the salute, I I thought that was awesome. Um, So yes, Falls Count Anywhere. If you haven't listened to it yet, do yourself a favor and check it out. If you like Lucha Underground, if you like Ring of Honor, if you like New Japan, uh, Evolve. I can't can't even name everything that they they discuss. Yep, uh, the Honorable Ring. The Honorable um, Ring. They did did a review of Evolve 82 and 83 last week. And this week they also... um, Review Lucha Underground season one with Johnny Monk. So okay. next week, next week they're going to review season two, and the week after they're going to do the half point of season three because that's when the season three second half starts. Yeah, yeah, it's it's worth your time if you if you like wrestling outside of WWE, definitely give them a listen. So payback. Uh, I guess we could just start right off with Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. Uh, I guess you'd call this match itself a slobber knocker. Very physical affair. <laughs> Roman spitting up blood by the end of it. Uh, neither one of them appeared on Raw on Monday due to injuries sustained in the match. Uh, Joey, Braun Strowman, and Roman Reigns. One, were you surprised that Braun just straight up beat him? No. And two, did you enjoy the match? Um, I, no, I wasn't surprised by that because, I mean, when you come down to selling Roman Reigns' injuries, having bandage up. You kind of have a good idea where this match is going. Um, I the match wasn't bad. I don't think it was pay per view quality. Um, it's kind of what you expect from Braun Strowman match these days. And again, they're trying to hype him up. I assume to face Lesnar for the title down the road. Um, I mean, it's nice to see Reigns not get the automatic win and kind of build another character. But outside of that, it it wasn't bad. It, it 
it had its moments, but it wasn't something I would sit back and like I gotta watch that match again. What about the aftermath? The aftermath was fun. <laughs> I, I, I always love the extra feats of strength. <laughs> no ambulances were turned over this time, but it did lose a door. Alo, your thoughts on this one? Last week when we gave our preview for this match, I said it's in a no contest and we're going to get our ambulance match because this was basically a blood feud and it's basically a one-on-one match. So I was like, you know what, this will end this qualification we're going to get our ambulance match. We're still going to get our ambulance match. That's coming no matter yeah. what. But when I gave my pre- my preview, I did it with my WWE goggles on because how many times has the top baby face come back from a quote-unquote injury and yeah. no sell it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my, pre- my prediction was off the, my WWE goggles. But Roman yeah. came... Completely selling it, bandaged up the entire match. He sold. He was at this sound like a champ, and it carried over that storyline of Braun basically. But he's Superman, Aaron. I know. <laughs> Superman. Superman heel Dummy. I was like, I didn't expect him to come in there with. Um, still selling the injury because that's what WWE does. Even if they do, they still overcome the odds. As they did with John Cena for years. They did with Roman Reigns to an extent the last few years since he's been on top. So I was like. Wow, really? They're actually still having him sell his sell his injury, and he bumped all over the place with Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. People keep saying boo Roman, but this and that. We like Braun, but Roman Roman's the reason why you like Braun because he's out there selling like a champ for Braun Strowman. Yeah. And the aftermath I thought was great too because Strowman with the steps, um, having Roman call for blood, and even the the, sli- the attempt to attack him backstage mm-hmm. in the ambulance, I thought was great. And Roman actually kind of getting the upper hand, and then it was actually refreshing not having both guys on Raw because both guys are always a focal point on Raw. Yeah. Raw actually flowed a lot better for me because things got time. Like Austin Aries and TJP, I think it's like a two three segment match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a, they got a good chunk of time. Yeah, even um, the triple threat main event. That didn't even go to 11.20, like what, how Raw usually ends. It was like, or, or Raw was actually over at least 15 minutes early, I think. So everything, I think, actually flowed better without them on the show, but we are going to get the ambulance match no matter what, because that's what it is right now. Do we need an ambulance match? No. No, hard pass, hard pass. Yeah, I don't feel like I need it either. Uh, I don't really get the whole gist of an ambulance match. I mean, I, I get what the point is, but like, okay, you put me in an ambulance, you win. <laughs> kind of defeats, like... Well, they are, for me. they are good for having matches that don't actually have anything to do with wrestling. The House of Horrors match. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> don't even whisper that. Yeah. I took uh, my mouth a little bit when you mentioned oh, it. Oh, God. I can't wait. I mean, yeah. it was good. Yeah. Most of them I just made the pushing brawn. I mean, but they've done a good job with them. I yeah. Can't, I can't I, argue that. I give them a lot of credit because when the brand split started, you know, midway through last summer or late last summer, and they brought back the uh, the enhancement match. We would see Braun Strowman get them, and we would see Nia Jax get them. And I think pretty quickly people were like, oh, what's this whole Braun Strowman thing? This is stupid. But it helped put him over as the monster that they want him to be without having to beat your actual talent on your roster yet. So they've done a very good job of building him. In. He was pretty universally disliked. For most of the first six months, he was on the roster. Nobody liked the guy. Um, now he's getting cheered. Now some of that is due to Beating he's just Roman. the anti-Roman, so everybody's going to cheer for him. But people actually care what he's doing, and I think he's the type of guy that might create some buzz for the show. Yeah, and the fact that he's beating up Roman Reigns, I get that's getting him more of a reaction because nobody wants to see Roman. Well, you think you don't want to see Roman Reigns, but you really do want to see Roman Reigns. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, watching him get beat up by Braun Strowman was the highlight of a lot of people's nights. Now, it would, which is funny, because, yeah, oh, he sucks, I don't like Roman Reigns, but maybe the most invested you are in the show... It's watching him lose his match. Exactly. Watching him sell. <laughs> yeah. You're doing what you're doing what they want you to do. Yeah. But they don't know that. Right. I think they're wearing those goggles. Those goggles you have. <laughs> I think they were using them. Yeah. Uh, on Raw, Angle mentioned Roman's ribs are re-injured. He's got several internal injuries. Braun has a torn rotator cuff, but neither one of them is done with the other yet. So, as you said, we're probably leading into the ambulance match. When, so what's that, the next paper? Extreme view? Rules. Uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, God. That's... I have high hopes for Extreme Rules. I think the show could be good, but I just don't like one of the stipulations being an ambulance. Yeah, match. me neither. And the... I just don't like that show. We've been over I don't need to talk about Last that Last year's now. was good, but I hate the gimmick pay-per-view. But like back when Extreme Rules actually became, first became a thing, every match had a stipulation. Now mm-hmm. it's like the kind of like, okay, only the main match doesn't have a stipulation. Everything else was just, it's just a, pl- a regular match. So I felt like it was a lot of stipulations last year, but the problem is they can't really do anything. Like it, it's not extreme. So no, call it, doesn't, it, something it doesn't fit the card. Rules. It doesn't yeah. fit the bill. It's silly to me. But um, Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe. Seth gets the win. Did we all did all three of us last week predict to predict Seth to win? I said Joe. I'm, I, I, know I didn't I say anything. Seth. I think Donovan picked Seth as well. well who did Joey? Well, I think Donovan picked Joe. Really? So I was yeah. the only one that picked. Because he persuaded Seth. me to pick Joe. Okay, so then okay, I'll I'll take your word for it then. My feeling was just that it makes zero sense. Something that uh, a good friend of ours has said that <laughs> having uh, Roman beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania makes no sense if you have him just turn around and lose to Braun Strowman. So to me, it was like yeah, they did do that in that match, but. It didn't make any sense to have him beat Triple H, which was the ultimate mountain he was trying to climb, only to have him lose to Samoa Joe. So I felt like there was no choice but to have him win. I thought the match was good. I expected it to be a great match. I think it lived up to about what I expected it to. Alo, did you? Did this live up to expectations for you? Well, it's like- despite the limitations they had, based on the story not being. The best story. Yeah, because my expectations were low because the storyline was kind of flat because of Seth getting hurt and it's supposed to be, it was supposed to happen in February. But this match exceeded my expectations because you would, you would think this feud was at its heights because Joe, they, these two basically killed each other and Joe was a complete monster the entire mm-hmm. match going right after the knee and they protected him really well, go um getting him pit, rolled up. We haven't mm-hmm. seen a roll up in the longest time. I noticed that. I said, oh, that's <laughs> that's we haven't seen that in a while and. He went with a roll up in the, when Joe still had the sleeper hole locked on him, so I thought that that kept Joe looking strong as well. But Samoa Joe basically he dominated a lot of that match. Uh, Joe, you think he's arguably outside of Braun Strowman the the biggest monster on the WWE roster? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say arguably. I think yeah, he, he's intimidating. He's a submission machine. It's it's an, it's a lot to handle. I mean, <laughs> they've they've done Samoa Joe right, and if they keep building him this way. Get him some prime matches. You'll continue to see that grow. Did you enjoy this match? Did it live up to your expectations? Yeah, it definitely lived up to my expectations. It's kind of what I expected out of these two. And like he said, they jumped in like it's been been a long time feud. And I mean, we've seen over the last couple of days that doesn't seem to be over either. So, do you want to see more of Seth and Samoa Joe? How did he? Alo. Yeah, we're gonna get. We're gonna, that's still continuing, so we'll get more of it. We'll get some more Joe. So you're behind these two continuing, despite the fact that it's 
backwards storytelling a little bit. Yeah, well, actually, it, it can actually move forward now because that whole you you took my knee out, that's done. Mm-hmm. This is it's act, there's actually a more of a feud now because they had the match. Seth won. Joe got his heat back on Raw in the triple threat match, and they can move forward from there. I did enjoy Joe saying after he took him out on Raw, like I say when I'm done with you, or whatever the <laughs> yeah. the comment was that he made. Um, that's a, that's another part of Joe you gotta kind of underestimate is he's great in the ring, but he also has some excellent mic skills. They let him, they give him the time and the the, the place. Yeah, him as a heel, it's a combination of his voice and like the cadence he uses that he really comes across as somebody you should be afraid of. Like somebody who will back up what he's going to say. For the most part, he does back it up. Um, I did enjoy this match. I'm looking forward to getting more of it. I think this is a perfect type of opponent for Joe. I think it's a perfect type of opponent for Seth. They're clashing styles. So I think it's always going to be a fun match when you see these two. On Raw, Seth cuts another babyface promo. And one thing I've noticed, is it just me or is everyone saying baby and man all the time now? <laughs> I don't know if Jericho has just gotten so over He's been infectious. that they're all kind of have no choice but to say it. But Seth, I knew, threw a baby in there a couple times, and he said man at least three or four times. Well, when was the version of the main word of sweetheart? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, that's like the super kick of vocabulary. <laughs> uh, or the DDT of vocabulary in the women's division. Seth... I still think he's trying to find his way as a babyface. What I will say about him, and I, I, I believe I mentioned this right before, it might have been our WrestleMania preview show, that Seth was talking about how he had lost his way and he he went on with Triple H and it, it kind of like ruined his life and he, he kind of lost what made him him. And he wanted to put that behind him so he could be happy with himself again. That's kind of what his promo was this week. And I've told you guys, like, this speaks to me personally. Like, in my actual life, there's things that have happened in the last couple years that make me feel like that. Like, I was much better off three years ago than I am now. I want to get back to where I was three years ago. Um, He said this is the first time he's felt good in a while. Uh, He's had a lot of ups and downs over the last year or two. you got to embrace the good times and the bad times because sometimes the bad times are what allow the good times to happen. Um, It's kind of apropos to say maybe you're the Seth Rollins of Delco. Yeah, and if you're not, <laughs> maybe <laughs> the architect of Delco. <laughs> the architect of Delco. <laughs> he uh, he also said you have to figure out who you are and who you want to be. If they don't line up, you got to make a change, man. And that was when I knew I was like, oh, you're not Jericho. Yeah. Don't don't <laughs> say that. That, that kind of gets stuck in your head. Not only as a fan, but I guess as the uh, you're listening in the back too, you can kind of get get sucked into the man aspect. Yeah, but the the best man. thing I think that happened from this though was. He came right out and said, I beat the King, I beat Samoa Joe, now I want the Beast, I want the Universal title back. And finally somebody, <laughs> at least there's one person on the show, that's willing to make the championship the most important thing. That, that first thing in my notes. Wait, that is yeah. important? What? Believe it or not. Remember the red belt? Yeah. We, it used to be on the show. Yes. We have one? The, I, I believe okay. we have one. It's fabled. Yeah, it hasn't been seen in a while. The mythical. Yes, it's like the Loch Ness Monster at this point. Yeah. But he put the Universal title out there. Like, that's what I want. Finn Balor comes out and says, no, that's what I want, too. And then the Miz, well, Ambrose comes out and the Miz. Somehow the Universal title ended up turning into everybody wanting the Intercontinental title. 
That's what, that's what Goldberg wanted. That, yeah. <laughs> that's the old WWE switcheroo. Universal titles, the main picture. No, let's get you back on this one. I want the intercom. Let's do it. Let's do it. But I will say that it's good that those four guys are out there. Well, two of them are out there after the Universal Championship, and then the four of them, by the end of the night, were after the Intercontinental Championship. Well, Dean kind of called out uh, Brock on that, too. He did, anyway. which I, I appreciated. I thought this promo was great. Yeah, I like this. Because at first, when Ambrose came out, I was like, does he need to be involved in this? Uh-huh. Like, I don't think he does. And then he started talking, and I was like, oh, you know what? Him saying the Intercontinental Championship is the number one title on Raw, I was like, you know what? Okay, he does belong out here. And then, of course, The Miz... Hitting home, he's hitting home runs like Mark McGuire in 1998. <laughs> at this point, um, made a triple threat match for number one contendership for the Intercontinental Championship. I thought it was a phenomenal main event. It was. Oh, it's great. Oh, before we get to that though, I, I forgot to mention how great it was that the Miz said, "You know, I brought the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> I made it prestigious again." And you made it not even important enough to be on the pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Like he, he's, got a, he's got a point. He yeah. has a point. And that's one of my favorite things, when the heel has a point. Like, he's right about what he's saying. Uh, I believe Russ and Derek made mention of that. I don't think it was on this week's show. I think it was on last week's show. That's like, I talk about it all the time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought that main event was great. I thought maybe the best Raw main event, since, I mean, in a long time. Yeah. Uh, those guys. Since the brand split, at least, yeah, those guys least. killed it. I thought the interference was great. I thought it all made sense. Uh, I want to see. I I don't know. I kind of want to see these guys in another triple threat match. But this is. <laughs> I think what they've done here is good because the other two guys that lost can focus on the Universal Championship, and now the Miz can focus on winning back the Intercontinental Championship. And uh, I don't want to say make it great again, but. Bring it back Ew. to prominence. Uh, what did they, oh, the never-ending, the never-ending intercontinental championship <laughs> title reign, or whatever the heck it was? Alo, so you like the main event? Yeah, that was an excellent main event. Like all this, as stale as Seth Rollins has been since he's been back since around February, all's forgiven after after that match because that was an excellent match. Miz winning in perfect Miz fashion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still, um, still in the goods that's laid out for him in, in becoming the world contender. And I like how they actually built feuds out of this. Well, continued feuds because Samoa Joe and, and Ron are still a thing. Like you said, Joe saying, "I'm still not done with you." Mm-hmm. And then Bray Wyatt appears. He, he appears, and that thing was gone for three weeks, and now it's back again. So they're kind of, okay. Now we're gonna get Finn versus Bray Wyatt, and huh, that, that'll be a mess at, at, on its own. Now going back to the promo. I'm like I said, I'm glad somebody actually remembers and wants a universal title. And Seth mm-hmm. Rollins really needs to stop saying, "Well, we slayed the king." Yeah. Like, like he said that since every time he's come out since WrestleMania, and Finn Balor came out, he, he said right away, making the universal title important. And then Ambrose comes out saying, "Look, this is the main title." Miz, excellent as always. And I don't really know how to feel. Like after the promo was over, when Ambrose called Angle, I'm like, okay, so. Rollins and Ambrose, I mean, Rollins and Finn, they want the Universal title. Mm-hmm. And Ambrose calls Kurt Angle, apparently, quote unquote, calls Kurt Angle, <laughs> and says, Hey, you're going to fight, you're having a triple threat match to determine they're going to for the Intercontinental title. But they want the Universal, they want the Universal title. Yeah. So it's like, they're just settling for the Intercontinental title. When that's, that, the promo 
the initial the initial promo wasn't about the Intercontinental title. So it's like they're just selling and getting a consolation prize. Like, well, you can't have the Universal title because Brock doesn't want to be here. Just like Ambrose said, Brock comes here when he wants. So it's like, but you can have this Intercontinental title in a contendership match. Yeah. Well, I mean, where do you think it's going to go, though? I mean, do you think now Finn and Seth are going to battle it out to see who's going to get the next crack at Brock? At Great Balls of Fire? Oh, my. <laughs> I I still can't believe that's real. No, I think, no, it is real, but I think they're going to change it because they haven't acknowledged it on WWE television. Because I think the backlash from that, no pun intended, <laughs> I think the backlash from that <laughs> is Becky on. Lynch over here. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think the backlash from it is going to force them to change it because even they didn't say the name of the pay-per-view all, all day. I, I, I could have sworn they announced it was Brock Lesnar's going to be back in July to, to defend the title. I could be wrong, but I could have sworn they said that on television. Hmm. Yeah, it's horrible. How <laughs> does that get passed? How does somebody not stop that before it like, How does Who's sitting in the creative room and saying, I got a great idea. I listened to the song earlier. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Let's great make that pay-per-view. Let's do it. Yeah, like Vince being whatever he is, 74, however old he is. Like, I could see him like, oh, that song, his hot new song, great, great balls of fire. Like, no, it, it's an old song. Like, anyone who you actually want to watch your show probably doesn't know what that song is. Or if they do, they look at it as an old I have a feeling, song. I have a feeling the guy who pitched the idea for that name of that pay-per-view is the same guy who pitched the House of Horrors idea. It as, could as be. A good production. My thing, my thing is, if it, doesn't get, if it doesn't get any backlash now, you want to make your women's division say that? <laughs> I know. The Great Balls of Fire. I'll see you at the Great Balls of Fire. I, uh, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh my God. Really, Vince? Yeah, like, how? How does it... <laughs> How does that get past any, anyone? Like, how do you not know how bad that sounds? How, I just, I really don't know. I literally was scrolling through Twitter at work. Now, so not really paying attention. And I saw it. I was like, that's funny. Like, not even for one second thinking that that could have been real. And then Derek texted me, like, a couple hours later and made a comment about the worst named paper. I was like, wait, that w- I never thought for a second that was real. I think like Vince McMahon was probably taking a shower and singing that song and it just kind of got stuck in his head. He looked down. <laughs> but, he, <laughs> balls but, but here's my here's, here's my other problem with it though. You don't want to number WrestleMania anymore because it makes it sound it makes it sound old. So you won't call WrestleMania WrestleMania 33 because it makes it sound old. But you'll name your pay per view after a song. I, I'm going to Google this right now. What year was Great Balls of Fire <laughs> actually a song? I bet WWE comes up first. <laughs> so I'm going to type in Great Balls of Fire song. Let's see. So Jerry Lee Lewis <laughs> released November 11th, 1957. Everything has its time to come back. So that's two years after Marty McFly... Went back to the future in the original movie. He, I believe he flew back to the future on November 11th, 1955. So you won't call WrestleMania WrestleMania 33 because it makes it sound old, but you'll name your pay-per-view after a song from the 50s. Like, come on. He, Vince really needs to get his hands out of the cookie jar at this point. It's embarrassing. And I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that both Raw and SmackDown were the lowest rated they've been in a long time. I think Raw was the lowest rated non-holiday uh, Raw since in like 20 years or something like that, I read. Like they're, they're doing well as a business, but their wrestling shows are not. And they have no one to blame but themselves. 
That rant is over. <laughs> um, Please tell me more. <laughs> oh, God. Do we want to talk about the Intercontinental Universal Championships anymore before we move on to the women's division? No. Joe, you have anything else? No, I thought it was a good triple threat match. Solid match. It built built feuds out of it, so it was very entertaining, very very enjoyable. Yeah, Bray is now firmly entrenched as a member of the Raw roster. He has now put SmackDown officially behind him. Uh, we have the women's division. Alexa Bliss over Bailey, the first woman to win both championships on both brands. Very shocking to see that come. come yeah, the funny fashion. thing was, before she hit the sweep in DDT, me and Prep were saying, Oh, Charlotte's going to do it first. I mean, they're going to say, Alexa, this is DDT. I'm like, oh, that, that's it? Really? I mean, that's absolutely what I thought. I just figured they'll have Charlotte be the first one to do that. So, so I give them credit. They surprised us. They did something that a lot of people may not have expected. Um, I thought this match was really good. I though. did, too. I loved Yeah, this it was match. really good. I think they got almost 15 minutes. Uh, I thought it was physical. I thought that there was that intensity of, like, both want to win the match. Jim Ross talks about that all the time. Like, you're out there in a match, but it doesn't seem like anybody really wants to win the match. This was a match that they both wanted to win. We had Bailey humiliated in front of her family in San Jose. And Alexa Bliss, I got to give her credit, even for something as small as the way she holds the belt. Has anyone else ever held it like that? Because no. I've never seen it. Bliss has been fantastic since she got, got, got the call up. Now she's the first one to win a title on both, on both shows. Um, She's doing good work. Is she the number two woman in the company behind Charlotte? One. You think she? You put her ahead of Charlotte now? For me, yeah. Lexi Bliss is my favorite superstar in the roster right now. <laughs> she has been fucking excellent. I how don't about, care anybody <laughs> says. How about you? She's been been very blissful. <laughs> Do you put her above Charlotte? Do you put her right behind Charlotte? Is there anybody else you'd put above her? Unfortunately for you, you can't put Paige there because she's been active wow, in an, inactive for too long. Maybe Velvet Sky. <laughs> she got a contract. I forgot about the. <laughs> yeah, I was obsessing a little much. Anyway, I'm not always on my mind. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to hard not to say she's the number one woman in the company right now. Her her work's been perfect. Her ring, she's been entertaining. She's been very sassy. She's been a good shot in the arm. Yeah, do you do you think they view her as the number one woman in their company right now? I don't think they do, because no matter no matter what, Charlotte has a name recognition. Do you think Hunter does? Yes. Really? Yeah, I think he does because, like, do you want me to give my thoughts on the match and then we go to Raw? Yeah. Okay, like the match was great. And that was probably my match of the night. I was like shocked how much time they actually got. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they both wanted to win. You saw it. You saw it. The. The intensity out of all the, both of the women, and I don't know. Was Bailey's? Did he show Bailey's family in the front row before the match started? I don't remember. Yeah, but they, they showed him. They did. Yeah. Okay. Because um, Alexa Bliss, she made that like a, a real point on Raw, and you could tell like the intensity was so high because Alexa Bliss being a great heel she is, Bailey being in her hometown, their chemistry was amazing. I think it was probably Bailey's best match on the main roster. Absolutely. Because that match was everything. Even the like the way Alexa won was great. Um, Kick um, Bailey with the roll up, and she um, kicks out and pushes Bailey into the the, the, the turnbuckle post, and it hit the, hits the DDT. I thought that was great. Now Raw, that was awesome. I don't care what anybody says that was perfect. Her being on that mantle, looking down on the rest of the Raw Women's Division, they should have had the SmackDown Women's Division there with her <laughs> to look down on them too, because yeah. that's how it that's what it is right now. I would have heard some more trash talking too. That <laughs> Charlotte could stand right next to her because Charlotte's just as tall as Lexa is on yeah. that on that mantle. 
because Alexa was excellent. Her pointing out to Mickey James, I want to thank you and you and your counterparts, Mickey James and the Fabius Mula, you are a great inspiration <laughs> in my career. And then going to Sasha, you say you don't know my name, but you could acknowledge me as Royal Women's Champion yeah. and the woman who beat you to become um, become Royal Women's Champion, no more contender. That was great. And what she did with Nia Jax, perfect. Back you down. Know, a couple steps back. We're cool. We're cool. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. They're just jealous of you. You're great. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> I, was, I, I thought the way that she went after Bailey was perfect. It was because she went after Bailey last, and you could tell ba- Bailey was basically broken at that mm-hmm. point. She was like heart heartbroken. That it was looked like she was like legitimately about to cry. Yeah, and then Alexis are shooting on, shooting on her and saying, I didn't beat you just in front of your dad. I beat you in front of your, your mother, your your nephews with their belly shooting their side ponytail. Mm-hmm. Now your family has a real role model to look up to. I thought that was great because I actually mm-hmm. bought a side of belly that we never see. Yeah. Dude, I watched that promo so many times today. The last time we saw that side of Bailey, I believe, was the last pro- the, the contract signing they did before Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm, and I may be wrong about this. I may be remembering this wrong, but I'm pretty sure, you know, because that's the whole thing. When we do a contract signing, it ends with us fighting. And Bailey said that like I'm ready. Like this is my first contract signing. I'm ready. And Sasha just walked out of the ring, and she went out and attacked her. So this is like the first time I feel like we've seen that side of Bailey since then. Yeah, like, huh, that like that promo was so great. Like after that match, I was like, because you know how what I'm gonna do with my women's title get side plates. I'm like, I'm about to say forget the Charlotte and Sasha plates, one each. Alexa plates, because she is. You're gonna get your little Miss Bis, little Miss Bliss plates. She straight had, Bliss plates. She <laughs> has been fantastic. <laughs> she has been. I can't take anything away from her. Um, yeah, I'm assuming you liked the match just as much as we did. You said you've been enjoying Alexa's work. You liked yeah, the promo, too, with the women? I loved the promo. It was, like I said, she was just tearing down all the other superstars. I'm kind of backing down to Nike, keeping her looking looking nice and keeping her on her side. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just <laughs> the ring work, mic work, all around. She's been superior to most of the women in, in the division, keeping it kind of kind of fresh. Yeah. So I was I was surprised to see her win the, uh, be the first one to win the both titles, but... I, Ultimately, it's a good choice. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that they did that. Did you see the tweet I sent you from Rusev? Yes, about <laughs> Alexa not being on the Indies yeah, for 10 congrats. years. Congrats, let it be known that she was on the Indies for 10 years. I love <laughs> it. So hard. He's great. He is so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, so I liked it. it. It led to a brawl, which led to an eight-woman tag. Bailey, Sasha, Mickey, and Dana against Alexa, Alicia Fox, the Savvy Vet, Emma, and Nia Jax. I, one of my favorite things about this segment, and not to take away from any of the talent involved, but Corey Graves saying how classy it was that Alexa uh, mentioned Mickey's contributions to the women. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Uh, but this match ultimately gets out of control. It ends up everybody as they, brawling. As they normally the do when you throw so many people into a match. I, I enjoyed the way that that match went, though, because it, it legitimately now looks like everyone on that roster hates her. Like there's her, and then there's everybody else hates her. So I, I like that they've they've actually gotten that emotion out of it. They've been able to, to convey it on TV, which, as hard as they've tried to get us to sympathize with Roman Reigns and most of the fan base doesn't, they actually get you to buy into this, which which I think is good, and I think it makes the show a lot more fun when you're buying into yeah when you're, what's happening when you're you're behind the stories they're trying to pitch. It makes it a lot more entertaining to watch and get into. So who's next to challenge Alexa Bliss? Is it going to be a rematch at the next pay per view with Bailey, or do you think they D- go in another? Damn direction? Goldberg, slow it down. <laughs> Saying who's next? I'm sorry. Tell there's your boy. 
Who gets who gets the uh, who's following with a title shot at the next pay per view? Do you think it's a rematch? With yeah, Bailey? my call would be right now if it would be a rematch with Bailey. Maybe possibly throw a triple threat in there, but I would say a rematch with Bailey would be the, the option. Mm-hmm. Alo. Yeah, I think Bailey ba- ba- will get her rematch, and then the, the most interesting thing is what do you do with Sasha from here? That's the most inter- interesting thing because you would think Sasha gets a shot after Bailey mm-hmm. at Great Balls of Fire, oh. <laughs> but no, um, no more. <laughs> But I'm really interested because, like, the whole th- story was Sasha and Bailey this entire time because we didn't think that they would um, Bailey would drop the title to Alexa. So now we only, we had Sasha throwing jabs at Bailey while she was a champion, and she would continue to throw those jabs um, to Bailey now. Because remember, the little quote unquote story was you can't you can't keep the title without Sasha. Yeah. So maybe maybe Sasha starts throwing those little jabs again, saying, "Bailey, how can you lose the title?" How could you lose the title? And then may, she could be like, "Mate, Bailey, you need me. You need me." And, they, and that could be that could be a really interesting story. Now, now Alexa's champion. There's so much th- creative things they can actually do now with this. Unfortunately, I don't trust them to do anything creative with it. Yeah, because I overthink things. And like you said, um, nah. weeks ago with the superstar shakeup, you was like, "Aaron, you, Ayla, you thought way too much." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they literally did it the simplest way. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I mean, I do have high hopes because. The talent that they have is so good. And the potential, they have so much potential with these women on Raw. And Raw was relegated to, what, three women, basically, for the better part of almost the last... Almost Yeah, almost the last year. Now they, they have, like, legitimate stories they can tell on Raw. When you saw those women in the ring, it was like, oh, yeah, they actually have, like, an actual roster of women at this point, which they haven't had forever. Uh, tag division... Uh, the Hardys and Cesaro and Sheamus, I could watch this match at the I next know. five pay-per-views. <laughs> they could make this a best of seven yes. for the next seven pay-per-views, <laughs> and I'd be happy. The match itself was good. The aftermath of the match of this match was really good. The heel turn, they actually thoroughly explained why they made the heel turn. And it made on sense. On the next night. Yeah. And it, the crowd is into it. Like, that led to a great... Se- it wasn't a long segment, but that brief segment was really good. And... I thought they both did about the best work on the microphone they've done maybe ever. I don't know. Can you remember Cesaro or Sheamus being more engaging on the microphone than they were on Monday? No, because they had a point. Joey? Valid point. Yeah, and it it was, like I said, I I was getting kind of um, bored with the whole buddy-buddy thing. It didn't really play well because, like, you mentioned earlier, you want to see people in there that want the title Mm -hmm. to lose it and shake the hands with your competitors. Or to lose in a match, and then it just doesn't really work for me. So it was it was good to see that finally come to fruition. Yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to what's to come for them. I thought we might get the Broken Hardies. Well, I did too, because they kept, Seamus and Cesaro, they kept saying Nostalgia Act mm-hmm. so many times for the last week or so. Even on the pre-show, they kept saying there's yeah. a, a variety of Nostalgia Act. So I'm like, okay, the Hardies are, are going to come out and they're going to be broken. But they, they really weren't. Matt just did the, you know what? We're just going to come down there and delete you. Well, he didn't say delete, but he just did no, it. He, he was getting that. He was, yeah, because <laughs> he can't say it yet. But he, he was getting behind that. He was pushing for that. Yeah, he can't he can't say it yet. He's just he's throwing his little things at me. He can't say it. So I was like, okay, when's this coming? I thought, I thought that was like, the whole point of this is whenever they're able to get the rights to do, be broken, that they're going to do it. 
to, against Cesaro and Sheamus to, to basically overcome them. Because I, I expect Cesaro and Sheamus to get the best of them, lead, best of them, um, leading up to Extreme Rules because they have tag team turmoil next yeah. week. And you have to assume Sheamus and Cesaro are gonna win that match and get, get another match with the Hardys at Extreme Rules. Well, Jeff Hardy's only got so many teeth to go around. So. Yeah, su- Sunday was a. A lot of toothless aggression. <laughs> Even in the conference semifinals. We're not allowed to say that. <laughs> Even in the conference semifinals, they got Thomas. That's yeah. banned in WWE. <laughs> a lot of toothless aggression on se- on Sunday. Uh, I am happy with where the tag division is now. I think the Hardys have injected a lot of life into it. Um, and I, I will make a confession. It bothers me a lot of times that WWE has become basically a wrestling monopoly. There's a lot of other companies out there that a lot of people like, but there is nobody that is a legitimate threat or legitimate competition for WWE, which kind of sucks because there's nobody to push them. But I am, as much as that bothers me, I cannot wait until WWE steamrolls Jeff Jarrett and TNA (laughs) to get the broken gimmick. Like, why even bother? You're not going to win that fight. Just let it go. Like, you didn't want them... You, didn't Jeff Jarrett not want to do the broken thing anymore? I don't or remember. he wasn't a fan of it? I'm no, pretty yeah, sure he, that's he was, what I He was kind of over it. And I just can't wait till he loses that battle. <laughs> I wonder if we're going to get some epic sci-fi uh, <laughs> featurettes. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, we had... Enzo and Cass get attacked by the club. Who won that match? I'm assuming Enzo lost. I fast-forwarded it. I will never yeah. watch an Enzo single Enzo match. Enzo lost. Yet. <laughs> I have no desire to watch that. Every time, I'm saying, every time Enzo has a match, I just laugh. <laughs> every time he takes a bump, I just laugh. <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, I don't I don't have the stomach to, to watch it. We have the Golden Truth <laughs> on their golden quest for tag team gold. They run by Kurt Angle the idea that they want to challenge the Hardys. They say, you know, we really need this, and Kurt puts them in the tag team turmoil. So is it everybody in it? Who's all in it? Have we even officially no. know? No. Just all, we'll just say all the tag teams. Is there any chance that they will take a page from SmackDown's book and give Golden Truth number one contendership? No. I'd be surprised. I have another confession to make. Confessions! I loved the Golden Truth t-shirt they were wearing. You just now saw that? I never noticed it. I, well, maybe because I just haven't seen them on. It's been out for a year. I never noticed it because I don't know. Did they, did they wear it? Yeah, Golders wore it all the time. Yeah, I guess I just never noticed it. I bought it. <laughs> I feel like we should have some R. Kelly playing whenever we get it. I feel like a segment. Well, maybe we could. We could do a, the uh, the Ron Madness Patch the Perfect <laughs> confessions. Twenty Confessions once a week. Uh, yeah, remind me. We'll have to do that uh, if I have a confession each week. Usher, Joey. <laughs> Usher or Kelly, same difference. Yeah, e- either one. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to see them. Get it just because, because they're they're like non-threatening to anything. It's not like anyone really doesn't like them for any reason. No, it would be entertaining for a small stint. I mean, they they could have a good run with it, but it's also entertaining to watch the Hardys right now. Hardys and like you said, Cesaro, Samus. See that come kind of kind of come to fruition. I still think they deserve to be rewarded because we all know WWE tries really hard to put over these comedy segments, and most of the time they do not go over well. Uh, I'm not thinking specifically of the old day, but that's up there in bad comedy segments. They have not had many comedy segments go over better than R-Truth and Goldust playing Pokemon Go or whatever that's called. Is that what it's called? Yeah, you're, you're right. 
That is one of the best the the best comedy segments that they've done in the last year, because those guys pulled it off. And like I said, I'll always pop for our truth making a mistake. <laughs> I always will. Uh, we had Heath Slater losing to Apollo Cruz. The Jeez. Titus brand is, yes. is really helping yes. Apollo. That's two in a row. I saw personality. Yeah, it, it is leading to something, which I is good. I saw the personality. But my thing is, what is the Titus brand? I don't know, and I think that's part of the charm. <laughs> a whole, lot, a whole lot of nothing. I actually saw personality. Out of, and the selfie after the match, you need to do that every week. Yeah. Yes, that needs to become a, a thing. <laughs> I, and I hope it does. Because this week Rhino was in it, in the selfie. Did you see it? I did. Yeah, he snuck <laughs> in the back. And can I also say, I like that they still have Rhino with this spray cheese. Yes. <laughs> like, that's really hung around for a while. Uh, cruiserweights, we had Aries uh, winning via DQ against Neville. Neville got himself disqualified. Uh, what did you think of that, Alo? I loved it. Because the, the one thing WWE is doing right is with the cruiserweight title. Because... Austin Aries, he's that he's the face, Neville's the heel, and there's nothing like prolonging mm-hmm. a feud and not giving the babyface the title. Yeah, and waiting for the heel to get his comeuppance because that was perfect because we all picked Aries to win. I didn't, I didn't have any idea this match would end in disqualification, <laughs> but the fact that they're prolonging giving Aries a title, it, it adds to Neville's run as a champion and it builds more sympathy for Aries. Like, okay, I got your number. And it gave Perkins something to hold over Neville's head on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, yeah, you, you did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. And then he tried to blame the referee. The referee was in my way. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the DQ finish? DQ finish, uh, I didn't mind it, but I wish it was a little less blatant. See, that's um, what I liked about it. Yeah, that I liked that it was kind of blatant. He was looking, I, looking for I it I wish it could have looked to dis- disguise a little bit more, but I, like I said, I, I, it's not that it bothers me. Because it was a really good match, mm-hmm. and I know what they're doing. They're building that up. Like you said, they got, like, one of the things we talked about with 305 is, and the Cruiserweights is to kind of develop stories for these guys. We're starting to see a little more of that, which is a good thing. So you have King Neville manipulating TGP to kind of do what he he needs him to do to kind of take Aries out a little bit or, or water him down a little bit for him so he can, you know, kind of retain the title. Um, you see that, and... You know, you're developing sec- secondary stories with Swan and mm-hmm. Noam Dar, and it's more entertaining to watch these guys who are really good in ring performers get some more time. And it seems like Alicia Fox is not Foxy. No, she's back. She is really. Yeah, she's back on two of five. Uh, why? Foxy needs to wear. I, I don't know. Shirt. I just saw that picture. She's back with Noam Dar. But she's, a, she's Alicia Fox. She, she's a savvy vet. She knows. There, she, there's at least that. Yeah, she, she's a savvy vet. She knows how. She knows her way around the block. Yeah, so. but. For Joey, for the same reason Joey didn't like it, I loved the finish because I didn't hate the finish. Like I said, I, I just I wish it wasn't as blatant. I didn't see it coming at all. I was like, that's smart because you have nowhere to go, and the only way, you, only thing you could do is grab the referee. Yeah, first he's grabbing on him, and then he started to pull him. Yeah, because that was the only thing he could. do. I wish he was like pulled him from the start. <laughs> but I'm nitpicking. Couple, I'm nitpicking. Couple nitpicks. Hey, Couple nitpicks. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Uh, I'm and I'm. The payoff will be that much better when Ares does finally win this thing. Yeah, maybe we've had to wait for it. Yeah, maybe with um, at Extreme Rules we get that triple threat with TJP because TJP's still lingering around the situation. We, we talked off air briefly, Ron. How would you think of uh, Ares in ring? I know you were. Kind oh, of... he's awesome. Like I, I said, I, I give you two specifically credit because I didn't watch TNA 
the only thing I knew about from TNA, other than like WWE guys going there, was Jay Lethal because of Black Machismo. Um, I had never seen an Austin Aries match, didn't know anything about him, I just knew the name. And you guys both, when you found out he signed, were raving about him. Joey gave me homework to watch his one match with Bobby Roode. What show was that? I forgot the show. Was that for Glory? Yeah, it was, it was yes. one of them. It was like. Made me watch. I was like, oh, that was a really good match. I like both of these guys. And Aries, they weren't doing a whole lot with him when he came in. But net, like when I got to start seeing him on commentary and seeing more of his character and seeing him work longer matches, I'm like, this guy's great. <laughs> like, uh, you guys were both right. Uh, I, I think he's phenomenal. Yeah, even he at really WrestleMania, who was like, wow, this guy's awesome. Yeah, his match was great. The 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 work he does with a banana is excellent. <laughs> Got a banana over. Yeah, he he really did. I mean, when he I still laugh when he gave the banana to Kurt Angle and said I brought you a snack. <laughs> that he just always has that banana in his pocket is great. Uh, Aries beat TJP on Raw with the last chancery. Actually, you did like this match. You did like the finish. Do you think Aries wins it at the next pay per view or no? I think so because it, like I said, that pro, that builds a sympathy for him and get, puts a lot mm-hmm. of heat on Neville. And then you get TJ. I think TJP gets in this match somehow, some way because Neville keeps holding over a title shot over TJP's head and saying, "Look, you for you want title shot, you gotta get rid of Boston Aries." Yeah. Do you think Aries wins it at his next opportunity, or do you think they're going to keep prolonging? Yes and no. I, I think I agree with Aaron in the fact that it will be probably a triple threat match when Aries wins it. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the very next pay-per-view or not. Yeah, so he, he could pin TJP. Yeah. Which then leads to more of Aries and mm-hmm. um, King Neville. Yeah. The one thing they're doing right in WWE for a title. Yeah, they, they are. I give him credit for that. It's I have on not TV. watched. Yes. I have not watched 205 Live yet. I didn't end up with as much time on Sunday to watch it as I was expecting to have. I do need to watch it, though, because I've had multiple people telling me, like, it's time to start tuning in. So I'm willing to give it a chance. We watched a little bit of it t- before the show, before we started the show. Though. I think we, we saw about 20, 20 minutes or so of it, so, right? Yeah, it was, it was a solid start. Uh, we got to see Tony Nese back on Raw uh, with the Brian Kendrick and Noam Dar. Versus Rich Swan, Akira Tozawa, and Jack Gallagher. Him bringing out an umbrella for each of them I thought was great. Uh, match was fun. Uh, Gallagher ends up winning the match over Brian Kendrick with a gentleman's drop kick. And I realized that I, I didn't know it, but I missed Rich Swan. Really? He's just, I just think he's fun to watch. His, his matches are always fun. When he was in enhancement talent on NXT, I found him fun to watch. So when I get to see him actually work... Uh, it's a little treat. Yeah, he's he's fun. I hopefully he ends up on Raw a little more, or maybe I won't need him on Raw if I start watching 205 Live. And maybe that's their thing. They're like, we got a couple guys you like. Yeah, he's been on 205, on 205 Live most of the time because he was on that budding storyline with Noam Dar and the Savvy Vet over the Savvy Vet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything he's anybody on breaking up that relationship? So anything anybody wants to get into from Raw? No, I think we hit everything. So, moving on to the SmackDown portion of Payback. What everybody's been waiting to talk about. <laughs> or waiting to avoid. The House of Horrors match between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Um, I will say the criticism has been resounding and unanimous that everybody hated this thing. How can you not? Well, I did not think it was well executed. 
I think I, at the very least, and Alo, I know you know I've mentioned this before, and Joe, you've probably heard me say it before too. Every wrestling show ultimately is just trying to look like Raw, like it's a watered down version of what Raw does, and nobody really has the courage to try to present it any different until Lucha Underground came along. I I give them credit for trying to do something different. And while it did not play well, while the crowd didn't enjoy it, while it was not good, while it was not well executed, I, I appreciate that they at least took that chance. And I think that they're really more than anything hindered by... It's a PG show. Like, there's stuff they... If that, if that match would have happened in 1999, we probably all would have liked it because they would have done some really crazy stuff. But because it happened now, they can't do anything. It just comes across really stupid. What I, the, the other positive thing that I will give to it is I liked that for the first 80% of it, the camera was following Randy Orton. It was never following Bray Wyatt. It was always following Randy Orton looking for Bray which I thought was a creative way to tell that story of, like, this is Bray's territory, Randy's the one hunting him, but he's on the bad end of this thing. Other than that, I don't have a whole lot good to say about it. I, I, it was a little bit embarrassing. I was looking forward to it because I hoped it would be more fun than it was. And I also think that this may, the reaction they're getting to this will discourage them from ever, from ever trying something different along these lines again, or for at least a while. So me being probably the tamest of the group, Joseph, what are your thoughts on the House of Horrors match? Well, outside of the uh, logistic issues that I have with the match, being that, you know, we're in San Jose at about probably 6.30 at nighttime. There it is! <laughs> and that the fact that he, if they're somewhere else and it's nighttime, that how the hell would they get back there for another match? Outside of those logistic issues... Oh, uh, that wasn't even my logistic issue. My logistic issue was the fact that it's 6.30 in San Jose, California, and Randy Orton's driving in the dark, and it says live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dark <laughs> live. Like, like I said, if, even if they could say, oh, maybe he's somewhere else. So it's where it's 9.30, but how the hell would you get back there for another... And another 20 minutes! <laughs> it's the logic. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't melt well. Outside of that, it felt like a, uh, a cheap um, thriller, like, B-rated horror movie that we're following them around, there's baby dolls hanging, which wasn't even scary. It's like, this kind of things I would have probably done when we were doing our uh, Fatima haunted houses. <laughs> Hang some babies upside down, like, that's scary. Wasn't intimidating. The whole TV thing, I mean, the whole refrigerator thing that, like, I, I, I don't would have crushed most people was just a hindrance to Randy Orton. Yeah, well, did anyone see the thing that was floating around of Randy had a beard when the match started and at the arena he didn't anymore? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, a lot of logistics. There was that, and also, how did Randy get there before Bray? Like, Bray gets there, he walks into the ring, and Randy's waiting in the stands for him. I don't know how that was supposed to have happened. Also, I don't know that this thing was explained properly. Oh, the, the, I, yeah, because I, I like that prep. And I, I was like, what? What? She said, you went, You have to come back to the arena and you win by a pinfall submission or forfeiture? What? I'm like, Jojo, I love looking at you. Let me speak, honey. But what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I just always said, like, if this wasn't presented as a match, I'd be fine with it, I think. Because it, it was, was like a segment on Raw. Exactly, it was just a segment. This was not a match. And then there's the logistics of this match. Like Joey said, it's dark in San. It's six thirty in San Jose, and it's dark where they're at, and it says live. That like that just turns you off right there. And oh, my other positive. 
because I, I really was adamant about this last week. What was the first positive? Was that I did well? I'm giving him credit for for trying something. Okay, yeah, different. it was the first positive. Um, and I was really adamant that I'm going to be really pissed if Randy has the title because Jinder left the arena with yeah. it last week. I appreciated that. Randy didn't show up there with the title, and they took. And it then Jinder came in with the title. Yeah. At the pay per view, I yeah. thought like at least. They although, did that. yeah, you at least did that, uh, and I liked that Jinder was involved because I was wondering that myself. Like, is he going to play a part in this? Mm-hmm. And I liked that he did. Yeah, but my thing was with this whole match is like, why does it end up back at the arena? <laughs> Again, it's just them not really thinking something all the way through. Not even, not even close to thinking it through. They didn't think any of it through. Like, okay, this might have been good for a TV, but not for a pay-per-view in a match that ultimately doesn't have any bearing on the title. Like, if Bray Wyatt did this, like, just as normal stuff, like, like when he, like he when he first came in from NXT in 2013, even when he got first got on the WWE roster, he a lot of his segments were in, like, in the woods and mm-hmm. in the cabin. That was fine. This man, like, I told, I, in, in pre- like, this house doesn't even look that a bit scary. It just looked like a house. Exactly. Like it wasn't a cabin or not. It doesn't look scary at all. And then it was shot okay, but if this was just like a segment on Raw, it wouldn't work. But the fact you present this as a match and with the rules, you have to go back to the arena and win by people. Like, what? Yeah, it's silly. The only thing this match did for a Raw exclusive pay-per-view was push the SmackDown storyline forward. That's it. And then yeah. I didn't know how to... Like, you said, true. You liked how... Randy didn't have the title, and Gender came in and hit Orton with the title, and with the Singh brothers. But my thing was, this is like I didn't really know how to feel because one, this is Bray Wyatt's match supposedly, so why does he need help to win? Right. Yeah, <laughs> so that's how I feel. So that that makes does that, that make Bray, Bray Wyatt look worse because he needs the help to win his own match that he came up with. But that is their logic. The road dog has said it before: like wins and losses don't matter, only character does. So they just think. If you just send the character out there to say some stuff, that masks whatever else has happened before then. Unfortunately, that's not really how it works. And you kind of see the effects of that by the fact that they still need, they need to go to the well of bringing a guy like Bill Goldberg back because they don't have anyone they feel confident enough to sell their show. Eventually, and I, I think I said this to Derek before on Unsanctioned, maybe it was someone else, but they're sacrificing winning the war to win some battles right now. Like, oh yeah, we need to bring Goldberg in. Let's keep Lesnar around. Uh, They always want to bring back these older guys because they're like, oh, these guys will sell. Triple H, another example. Um, But eventually those guys are going to be too old to do it. And when those guys get too old, you won't have any of those guys left. So you won't be able to go to that well for too much longer. Because eventually a guy, Bill Goldberg I don't think is ever going to come back. Eventually, Brock Lesnar is going to be 55 years old. And are we still going to see him as the Beast Incarnate? I Probably hon- not. I honestly, I don't want his contract's up at WrestleMania. I honestly don't want him to resign. If he does, get him get him far away from the titles. Yeah. I'm I guess he resigns. Yeah, you can, he can go for yeah, all, 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 He doesn't all, do anything for me. Yeah, all yeah. his all his lore is gone. Mm-hmm. After after a whole thing with um, Reigns at 31 and, and with Cena and Rollins, that was the hype for Brock Lesnar. And all, all the, all the, all, all factor of him is is gone. Nobody, yeah. I don't think anybody really cares anymore. They just, they just care because they want the title back on television. Yeah. 
Because, like, laugh, he sent me in a very detailed <laughs> text message in all caps. Braun versus Roman should have been for Universal title. And I agree. Yeah. But instead, it's in Canada somewhere yeah. with Brock Lesnar. <laughs> it's to build an ambulance match. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, so Jinder Mahal gets involved in the match. He is getting a, in, in the middle of a photo shoot. I like SmackDown that. <laughs> opens with the title, and Shane took it away from him. I did like it too. I thought it was a good opening from Raw. Did you like that too, Joey, or not? Yeah, right? like you said, it played off from uh, from the pay per view. It kept that storyline intact and kind of getting more behind Jinder. Yeah, we had Jinder against Sami Zayn. Uh, gets another win. The Maharaja. <laughs> the Sings get involved again. Jinder had another nasty elbow last night where yeah. he really caught Sammy yeah. pretty flush with it. Alo, I know you were on the positive side of this whole Jinder Mahal thing last week. And I believe the week before, right? It's been two weeks it's been going on. Well, my thing is, I view it as a television show. Like, I, I love wrestling like everybody else does. But WWE, we know why they're doing this. Is they're doing this for their whole India campaign, mm-hmm. and it's like whatever they present to you, you just try to dissect it a little bit and understand it. Like it's all that. Like I told laugh this today in the te- in the yelling mm-hmm. in a yelling spree. I said WWE the bit because he I said something about how they view it, and he said the business is more important than the show. I'm like okay, so WWE as a business is promoting this thing in India, so. So they're sacrificing a month of content on that one of their shows to actually put over somebody of that descent to actually get those viewers interested and see one of the guys in a prime position in order to get more views and get more get more buzz on the product. But as a business, that's kind of what you do. Because WWE did the same thing with their Mexico talent and and, and with the and, um with Bret Hart in the attitude area. Mm-hmm. He, he go back to Canada. Canada. Like WWE, they goes to Mexico. Like, like for Mexican fans, no matter what, they'll love their Mexican talent, no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's that's a fact, and they're doing that with, with Ginger Mahal. Ginger, Ginger, yeah, I, it's, I still can't get that on my head. Mm-hmm. But the business, the WWE, Eva Marie, what a le- what a legend. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope she's a house of hardcore icon. <laughs> but WWE, the business is sacrificing a few weeks of content for WWE. WWE they they sacrificing the show for the business side of things for a few weeks. Like this thing, like it's like okay, you you could settle three or four weeks without that with mm-hmm. this. I mean, honestly, I don't think they're sacrificing the show either because I I don't mind the gender aspect of it. The only thing I would say is they they kind of pushed them abruptly. Yeah, well, yeah, but that, when they when they've had him in the picture, they've done pretty well with him, building up his face, getting him a stable. I mean, as a heel, giving him a stable. I, I've liked what they've done. With yeah, him. they've done good things with him. It's just the fact that people look down at him like this guy is like you got Sami Zayn on your roster, you got AJ Styles on your roster, Kevin Owens on your roster. Why are they fighting for the title? Why is this guy in prime position? But at the same time, it's a television show. I remember when they brought him back, he was looking pretty svelte. I was like, they're wasting this guy just jobbing out to, mm-hmm. to these other guys. It's You see the veins on that guy, Hunter? Yeah. <laughs> but, so fast. Yeah, so fast. It's like... Hard body Mahal. Hard body Mahal. <laughs> hard body Mahal. But it's like, try to make, like, it's not going to last forever. We know he's not going to win the title. So just take it for what it is. I actually have a question that I just thought of now. Uh, Rusev and Jinder Mahal were tagging together for a little while. Handsome Rusev that. and Hard Body Mahal. Rusev says last week he will not come to SmackDown unless he gets a championship match at Money in the Bank. 
is there any chance that Hard Body Mahal <laughs> wins the title no. and then Rusev's championship match is against Jinder Mahal, no. his former friend? No. I'd say probably like a 2% chance. 2%? I think there's a chance that that happens. I'm not I mean, ready to predict it yet. Unless this is the NHL, 2% chance should probably not pan out for Jinder. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I get the point of these titles should be on people more prominent. Like, I get Owens and AJ should be for the world championship and not the U.S. title. But coming off of Goldberg as universal champion, I'm not going to be upset that somebody who's actually in the wrestling business is the number one contender. Whereas a guy who's not in the business was just your champion. So I get where people are annoyed, but I'm personally not too upset about it. Yeah, if you don't like it, just don't watch. (laughs) Which... (laughs) We know someone who didn't. Yes, he's boycotting. <laughs> like I said, I I respect that he because most people won't. Yeah, I said that on the show last week. I said as long as you are watching, buying tickets, buying merchandise, it doesn't matter. Like that's your more. You can boo all you want. You can complain on Twitter all you want. You can complain to your friends all you want. But as long as they're getting your money through ticket sales, merchandise, your WWE Network subscription, that is your voice. Like your voice is being heard that way, and they're hearing. Positive when you're still paying your money. Um, U.S. title, I very much enjoyed this match, Jericho and Owens. I loved the finish. <laughs> I loved that they called back to the WrestleMania finger spot twice. He had the finger again. Jericho finally got his revenge on the finger, and he couldn't extend the finger to the rope and had to tap out to the walls of Jericho. Loved it. Joey... Your feelings on the Jericho Owens U.S. title match at Payback? Great match to essentially open up the pay per view with. Uh, for me, um, it was probably the best match of the pay per view for me, from my standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that and the women's match are probably the two favorite I, I took from this pay per view. And, I mean, Jericho, like we've talked about a couple times in the show, is doing some of the best work he's done in his career. Not to say he hasn't done good work before, but this has been very entertaining to watch and could be out for a little bit now after, after the. Uh, come uppings on Raw, yeah. but it was, it, was, it was awesome to watch. Yeah, loved it. Halo, the payback match. Talk about working a limb. <laughs> like, that whole thing, I never thought I would see a finger get a comeuppance, yeah. because that was a great callback to, to WrestleMania and the Festival, and the festival mm-hmm. of Friendship. I thought the match was great. I preferred to smack that match better. That, more, that was just me. I don't know how you guys felt about it. Uh, as an overall body of work, I preferred the SmackDown yeah. match. But I just thought it was so ingenious. It was. To have the finger play such an important role in it after what happened at Mania. Yeah, and, and the logical thing is, you could have just had, had Jericho go to go to um, SmackDown doing a Suicide Shake-Up and not had this on Payback and actually got your Intercontinental title on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't think it through, <laughs> clearly. Jericho on SmackDown, again... Does some great work on the microphone. The new home of Jericho. Smack it down, man. (laughs) Uh, His first defense is going to be against Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens obviously gets the victory with the pop-up powerbomb and obliterates Jericho after the match. Jericho, loopy, getting carried (laughs) out of the arena by uh, the officials. Very loopy. Yeah, but I thought, uh, I'm assuming that's the last time we see him for a while now. I just want to say to Chris Jericho, I know he's not listening, but just in case he is, or somebody who can relay this to him is listening, 
Thank you for <laughs> the last 16 months. Arguably the best 16 month run of your career. Everything you did was gold, other than the asylum match. <laughs> but even that you saved with the thumbtacks. Exactly. I don't know. I I don't know that other than a guy like Stone Cold Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan in the 80s or The Rock, I can't think of anybody who basically every time they swung the bat hit it out of the park <laughs> like Jericho did the last 16 months. I appreciate it. I will miss him every week on TV. A lot of times he was the only thing keeping Raw watchable on a weekly basis. When we started this show, in January of 2016, the week leading up to the Royal Rumble, Jericho is fresh off of starting the Rudy Tootie booty chant with the New Day. And I remember everybody was anti that whole thing. Everybody was criticizing Jericho for starting the Rudy Tootie booty chant. <laughs> Little did we know what we were in store for. <laughs> what was to come. Unbelievable. I, Jericho, I will miss you. I can't wait till you come back. And I will always cherish... January of 2016 through April through May of 2017. Phenomenal. The drink it in, man. The drink list. Drink it in, man. It. It. Jericho, you made the list of where, wrestlers I want to see back. Well, he got AJ. <laughs> you know what happens? We don't think I can beat Kevin Owens. <laughs> and he got Aiden English. Perfect. Because mm-hmm. he was crying backstage. Yeah. It happens so when you cry. <laughs> <laughs> There's no crying in wrestling. Yeah, he's really awesome. Anybody else have anything they want to say about Chris Jericho before we move on? Thank you. <laughs> I'm really going to miss him. I, I really am. Because like you say, he was the the thing you look forward to most on Raw. Raw was horrible from August to February. It was so bad, but we had him to look forward to. He gave us the Festival of Friendship. Mm-hmm. That might have been the highlight. I, honestly... You could, it's debatable that was his highlight of his la- of this past run, the last 16 months. Was the I, I still think it was probably the best segment on Raw since we've started doing the Mad Madness podcast. I don't know if there's been a better segment on Raw than that. Anything that jumps out at anybody else on Raw that was better than that? No. In the last 16 months? No, because that, that was perfect. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, let's see, what else did we have here on SmackDown? Oh, Jericho calling Renee Ronnie. Ron, Ronnie Young. <laughs> yeah, just like a football player. <laughs> Ronnie Young. Uh, the SmackDown women. We had Becky appearing to be persuaded by the welcoming committee. We had the welcoming committee. Uh, face, well, not the whole welcoming committee. Natty and Carmella against Charlotte and Naomi. With- they took out Charlotte before the match. Which left Naomi in a handicap position. Uh, Charlotte comes out to try to save the day, only to be beaten down by the welcoming committee anyway. And then Becky comes out and cleans house. Well, after teasing the decision she made to possibly turn heel at this point, it looks like. Who's this? Becky. Well, no, then she redeemed herself. Well, she did. It said at this point she comes oh. out, she's standing over Charlotte. Yeah, thinking, we thought that she may thinking have. she may have swung to the dark side. Shook everybody's hand, then went in for the hug with Ellsworth. Perfect. Pushed the chin this wonder. Yeah. I love that he played into the finish of the match, too. And I love how Becky acknowledged him. Oh, my four favorite women on SmackDown. Almost as good as Naomi calling him Carmella's side chick. <laughs> or side chin, as I thought. Side chin. Side chin. <laughs> Either way, it worked. <laughs> uh, 
Tamina ultimately hit the super kick on Becky. I'm going to say it. I'm a fan of the welcoming committee. Really? It gives all three of them something to do. And I think more so than anything, I, I think I just like the involvement of Carmel's worth. <laughs> they're great together. Yeah, they're awesome. It, it gets them more involved in the picture, like you said. It gives them something, and it kind of gives you a kind of factions here in the women's division, which makes for better storylines. Yeah. So Charlotte made mention of her and Naomi kind of have ended up on the same side here, but she's ultimately going to be the SmackDown Women's Champion. Is she the next one? Is she getting the next title shot, do you think? Or is it going to somebody else? Well, I think, like I said last week, I her think... Her baby face turn didn't seem complete. Yeah, because I, I, I don't think it's going to be complete because she actually wants the title, and she made mention that just because we're teaming up tonight doesn't mean I don't want the title. She still mm-hmm. wants the title. So I said last week at, at Backlash, I think we'll get a six-woman tag with the Welcome Committee against Charlotte, Becky, and Naomi. And then after that, you assume that Charlotte, um, Naomi, and Becky win, and then you can get a triple threat with those three because Becky's been invisible for the longest time. It hasn't hasn't really been doing anything. And I think it actually be really good to actually get her back in the title scene because, like I said, she hasn't done anything. Alexa Bliss was basically the like Becky was drafted number one last mm-hmm. year, but Alexa Bliss was the was face the of that SmackDown Women's Division hands down. She legitimately eclipsed her within two months. Yes, like it was not even close. Um, do you feel like the SmackDown Women's Division is in as good of shape now as it was before the shakeup? Well, it still needs time because Charlotte... Raw benefited Charlotte because Charlotte would have the time to talk. SmackDown, mm-hmm. she doesn't really have that much time to talk because it's, 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 it's an hour shorter. Yeah. So when they actually let these women actually talk, you can actually get more into it. But they have Charlotte on this kind of babyface thing against the welcoming committee, so you're not hearing much out of Charlotte. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. I mean, Charlotte obviously... Arguably the best women's talent that they have under contract. Do you still think where where do you think Oscar ends up? SmackDown. What do you think? As far as one, do you think the SmackDown women's division is in as good of a shape now as it was before the shakeup? And do you see Oscar joining SmackDown? I don't think it's Raw? I don't think it's in bad position, um, but I don't think it's in the best position because you don't got a solid heel kind of present to kind of counteract. What right now is a is a face led title. Um, I think you need something like that though, and that's why I think Ashka will go to SmackDown because they've kind of pushed her in a more of a heelist nature in NXT. Um, we saw her tonight just going and cleaning house. She's kind of more about just herself. Mm-hmm. So that kind of leads me to believe she'll be on SmackDown. Yeah, I'm looking forward to her making her way up. I'm curious to see what they do with her. We've never seen an Ashka. Match with any of the four horsewomen. I oh, know Bailey, but the three that were called up, we haven't seen her with Becky, with Sasha, or with Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte which I'm curious to hear with any of those three. Um, tag division. Yes. Been waiting to get to this. Your new number one contenders. <laughs> In a play off of the forensic files, we got the fashion files. So good. I thought this was an incredible two minutes of television. So good. I hope this is another case of a comedy segment going well, which doesn't happen often. I hope this is something that Vince is willing to run with. They teased more to come. Yeah. The the 
investigating the Uggos, them coming up with all of the different crimes that they're guilty of. Identity theft, jaywalking. And Jimmy Walker. And Jimmy Walker. So good. <laughs> and the next pay-per-view being in the Windy Apple, I thought was great. Uh, this was awesome. It was so good. They're so good together. Both of them just play like the male bimbo so well. So good. And they both can actually work in the ring. Yeah. I I really want to see them do something. Because I think this is going to be the best match on at Backlash. Because Ty, you know I'm a big Tyler Breeze fan, and mm-hmm. he can go when you let him go. And the Usos, they, always, they never disappoint. Yeah. As much as people don't like the Usos, but they were so stale for years, but their match was always fantastic. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't doubt them in that in that aspect. I think this might be the best match at Backlash. Yeah, Joe, are you happy with Brazongo as your number one contenders? I'm not upset about it, mainly because I was excited for you guys to finally get to see, <laughs> see your boy Tyler Breeze in action because he's kind so of been sidelined. Um, I think it could be interesting to see if they let him play out. Like you said, if Vince lets him play out, the kind of angle it is entertaining to watch. So we'll see how that goes. But like I said, I was more thrilled for you guys to see <laughs> see Breeze back in action. And just the signs, Breezy on, Bella. Just the signs <laughs> on the clipboard behind yeah. them with John Cena and things. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And then the, the last radio call. So saying we have a sus- we have a suspect running along with flip flops and socks. Yeah, oh no! The only thing that could have been better <laughs> is if they said we have a perp running around wearing a jean jacket. In <laughs> <laughs> so good. I, I don't That's too fly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this counts as a um, on location thing since it wasn't live. But mm-hmm. if it did, you were like, okay, they they might win because they actually invest something in this. They invested in that and. So I asked you last week, do you think they're going to do something with these two? And you said, unfortunately, no. Has your mind changed at all since, since Tuesday? It, since they pay for this, I have a chance. Because <laughs> this was perfect. Two minutes and not, it was fantastic. Yeah, I want to see more. <laughs> and I, they teased more. I hope we actually get more. Uh, I, I want to see more of these two. I, I don't... <laughs> They don't have to be the tag team champions. I would love it yeah, if they make, gave it to them. Make this a thing. Just make this a weekly thing. Even on, even on .com, I would love that. Yeah, little run-in segments. He's like, yeah. what do you, he's like, what do you got for me, Deputy Dango? <laughs> I cannot stop laughing. Oh, God, yeah, it was awesome. Those two are so good. Uh, Ty Dillinger beating a renewed singing Aiden English. He's back to his thespian character that he used to play at NXT. Easy win for Ty. And then the man who they're building the next SmackDown pay-per-view around, Shinsuke Nakamura. The artist. The Arhawk. God, I hate that, too. Feuding with Dolph Ziggler. Next. I'll be honest, I don't even know what he said. (laughs) And I didn't fast-forward. I fast-forwarded his match. But I left on the segment where he was talking, and I I didn't retain a single thing that he said. Well, he... Other than he was talking down about Shinsuke Nakamura. Well, he he barely... Well... You would think when you build up somebody like that, it'll be, it'll be more of a squash. He fought Sinkara, but Sinkara got a lot of offense in that match. Dolph won, but I was like, it wasn't like, wasn't as good as you. Would yeah, you, like, you, like, you expect so you build somebody kind of up, you would build them up and have him kind of make make quick work of him, but he didn't. Yeah. One thing I'll say though, Shinsuke Dolph will be an interesting match to watch from from a fan standpoint. An in ring per, from the in ring perspective. In ring perspective, yes, it will be good. But Dolph has kind of fell in his this, face. Mike work. The, uh, yeah, this character weeks. that he has is not good. It, it's really not. I was cringing, um, not last week, but the week before when he had the whole Michael Jackson uh. segment. I was like, just stop, stop. 
It was so Stop. stupid. It's so bad. I watched him cash in money in the bank on Sunday when we talked about it last week. Better like, days. Better days. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Uh, that's everything I had in my notes from SmackDown. Yeah. Remember he won Survivor Series? I do remember that. What do you, ha- you have in your notes? How, do, how did I podcast? I mean, it's, it's been a while. I've been out with an injury. I was afraid I didn't, wouldn't remember how to po- how to podcast. I thought you did well. How'd that I work thought out? you thought you found your footing. I found my footing. You did. <laughs> I, was out, I was out with that vicious vocal cord injury for yeah. a couple of weeks. We had to grab you back, but Otunga could stay away. <laughs> Otunga. Oh God. Three more weeks. Uh, why? <laughs> the return. I hope that movie goes over budget or something, and they have to they have to keep filming because I do not. Or want maybe to see, a, maybe a Brandon Lee. Yeah, I don't want to see a ton. Yeah, he said yeah. I, yeah, I'd be fine with it. I don't want to see him come back. I don't feel like hearing. And honestly, Booker T is light years better than David Otunga. I, I there's no reason to bring him back. He's a Harvard lawyer. <laughs> yeah, and another in a long line of of bizarre decision making at WWE <laughs> is him being a commentator. Well, an even bizarre decision to have David Tunga in a movie. Oh, that yeah. too. <laughs> uh, do we have any questions? Anything anybody wants to mention from SmackDown before we move on? No, that's it for the night. All right. No. Oh, questions. one more thing. Yeah. Byron Saxon has been tolerable on SmackDown. Yeah, he's not as annoying. Uh, I don't know if I'd say tolerable because he still does get on my nerves, but I do think that uh, I think Graves makes him more palatable. He's been he's been like uh, he's become like a nagging wife level for me. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm able to just tune it out. It goes in and out, and I'm here. I'm just glad I don't have to hear him say the wacky inflatable ba- Bailey buddies anymore. Yeah, I hated that so much. So just is bad. small side note, Ron, you're probably gonna get. Um, the Demon King coming back with uh, the Bray Wyatt feud. Oh yeah, just, I'm well aware of that. Just to kind of get you geared up for that. I know they were beating that down a little bit last last run. So. Well, maybe Vince forgot. I need to correct myself. Corey Graves is not making Byron Saxon more tolerable because they're not JBL. on the show anymore. JBL is making him more tolerable. But that was all. If you remember when Survivor Series was going to be that first like. You know, brand multi-brand pay-per-view, and JBL said, "I'm going to get to beat up Byron Saxton." Like I popped for that. Uh, I do like JBL with Saxton, uh, despite whatever else is going on with JBL behind the scenes. Uh, so if that's the show for tonight, that's Joseph, welcome back. Well, thank you. Uh, so payback Andy. was was better than we expected. Uh, the product as a whole is a little bit up and down. They've hit some lows in the ratings this week. I guess we'll see where it goes from here. So with that being said, for Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, see Kane Joe Rodermill. Sex it up, man. <laughs> Surprised it took you that long to come come out with that one. <laughs> for the voice that runs the place, the European champion, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, hailing from <coughs> Bangor, Maine, until someone from the ungrate state... Get on it, Bangor! <laughs> ...downloads the podcast... I'm Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.